Welcome back to another week of MLM Perfected. My name is Quentin Scott. I'm here with Christy Hudson uh, and Matt Layton. We have a special guest, uh, John Long. John is the co-president of the network division for Legal Shield, um, but he has uh, been with the company for 20 plus years, multiple roles, multiple hats, and uh, is obviously a friend of all three of ours uh, and, a, and just a great guy to begin with. So for kinda, years and years, right hand man the, of the founder himself, right? Absolutely. So especially a company that speaks highly on mission and, and vision, you know, who would know that better than the the founder of the, of the company. Right. And so, John, just based on that, give us a little bit of background of what brought you to, to prepaid legal bank, then now legal shield, and what kind of what you doing, Mr. Sunset? Well, listen, the need for a job brought me to prepaid legal. It brought me right out of college. It was 1988. I mean, this is history that nobody knows, but right out of college, mass communications degree, I worked for that fall semester at, at the university on a part-time basis and then started a prepaid legal in January uh, of 1988 and the conservation team our job back in 1988 was to try to figure out how to reduce cancellations if you can imagine um, so 30 years quick say 20 years listen to how, how how stupid i can be so i, I come to work at prepaid in, in in january of 88 as part of that four-person team and, and then there was a position that i had worked under when i was a student at east central uh, that became vacant. So I, I left prepaid to go back to East Central University um, in, in April of 88. So I was only at the company four months, but uh, met a lot of people dur during that four month time frame, including Harlan Stone Cipher. Uh, and you know, spent the next 10 years, 10, 11 years at, at East Central, not, not as a student. I always want to, you know, not, <laughs> not, I, I had various administrative roles. Uh, but then in 99, my neighbor at the time was Greg Patton, who was the HR manager. And one day we were out uh, watering our lawns at the same time, and Greg told me there was an opening at, at uh, prepaid legal. And I, I just kind of flippantly said, well, tell, tell Harlan you know a ringer. And, and, and literally from that came an interview. Now, the funny, the quick funny story about my interview uh, Greg calls me, and I. And this is fast forward ten years. This yeah, is this January is, this January ninety nine. January of ninety nine. I had been the previous weekend out in my back hedgerow or whatever you want to call it at the time, but I was covered in poison ivy. So I go and interview in January ninety nine with Harlan Stone Cipher and Randy Hart wearing sunglasses because my eyes were swollen shut, and I still got the job. So that you know that uh, quick quick color colorful story to. How I, how I got here, but it was, it was a, a leap. Listen, it was a leap of faith that I took. I loved my job at East Central University. I have two degrees from that school. Uh, loved working out there. Um, had two young boys at the time and, and candidly needed to find a better way, needed, needed a, a, a better path. Unfortunately, working at, I mean, you, you know, if you get pay raises at all, they were small uh, and, and, and coming, and times are always tight for state-funded uh, uh, university, so it was a leap of faith, but it's one that worked out well. And just talking about taking a leap of faith, you you started when uh, prepaid legal was on Main Street in Ada, and we moved uh, to our new building over here on one prepaid way, uh, seven story building. But tell us a little bit about you know the company that was on Main Street and how it became the company that sits here on one prepaid way around the late nineties is kind of when we boomed, and then the early two thousands. So. You lived through those days. Kind of tell us a little bit about what was going on then. 
Yeah, you know, we were at 321, and sometimes I still just, I still reference 321 uh, East Main as, as our location. It's where I worked in the late 80s for, for four months before I went back to East Central University. But, you know, that was not prepaid's first building. Uh, we'd been in a couple of other buildings, the old American building and the, and the mini mall. I mean, if you just go back through the history. I, uh, actually, oh, I actually worked part-time in my father's law, my father-in-law's law office, which his file room is Mr. Stonesnacker's old office there, in America. There you building. go. So, I mean, just as you, as you start to place pins in 8 Oklahoma of where prepaid legal has been, uh, 321 was about number three or four. Um, but, you know, in, in an old converted uh, auto dealership. But, uh, in, in fact, just came from, from meeting with uh, CEO Jeff Bell, and we talked a little bit about that. facility. it's still for sale for the low, low price of $1.1 $1. <laughs> $1 million. You can own 321. Oh, you're uh, right. You're right. There. Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we were growing at such a pace. We had our call centers. We didn't have Antlers. We didn't have Duncan. There were no remote employees to, to speak of. So everybody was crammed in, in, in one building, and it was just getting so tight. So, uh, you know, Harlan had always said he wanted to own the only skyscraper in, in Ada, Oklahoma, and he had scouted out this location. It's the, he thinks, the highest point in, in, in this surrounding area. This is where he wanted to, to create uh, the new headquarters. Uh, this was property that was owned by the National Science Foundation. We were able to negotiate a deal through the foundation, through the city of Ada, to have it, uh, have it provided uh, to, to prepaid legal services to stay here. There had been overtures by other cities and other states uh, to recruit prepaid legal away. Harlan always kept a check from the city of Amarillo, I believe it was for $3 million, as soon as he would commit to, to move the company to Amarillo, Texas. But he, of course... Uh, grew up 30 miles down the road and it was important for him to stay in rural Oklahoma so he built the first skyscraper at the at the location where he he wanted to build it and um, you know even even as recently as yesterday it was commenting to someone about this building and the fact that every employee in this building is within so many feet of natural light and, and the way it was laid out to to you know, take an application, a membership application in, and how would it funnel through the building and, and to build it with that in mind. And it's just been, as Mr. Stonecipher said, the best recruiting tool we will ever have is this building. Uh, so I hope that more and more people continue to utilize that and bring their prospects, bring their new recruits, bring their members uh, to aid Oklahoma and see this building. Yeah, and Matt mentioned your right-hand man there, Mr. Stonecipher. Um, so what were some of the things that you did with him, not just here, but I know you and him were personal friends outside of the building. What kind of was he like? Because we built our vision, mission, and purpose off of the way he lived, frankly, uh, and you knew that. So give us a little bit about kind of what uh, Harlan C. Stonecipher was like at one prepaid way and then also away from one prepaid well, way. Well, listen, he worked all the time. Uh, it, it, prepaid legal was never not on his mind. I mean, you would get, he didn't do email. He did fax, you, you would get handwritten notes on legal pad faxed to you that eventually we got delivered via the email server, but it was still a fax. Uh, but you would get those uh, at, at all hours of the night. You know, he, very early on, it was probably four or five months in, in, in 99, probably June or May of, of 99, Mr. Stonecipher called me. I was a manager of corporate communications and, and marketing support at the time, a newbie, uh, still not even through orientation. 
Well, um, hey, hold on, and that's right after we bought the People's Network too. Right. So I mean, everything was kind of booming and just going crazy. Oh, and don't time. think that plays into it because I had stirred things up, whether I knew what I was doing or not is certainly in question. But I had stirred things up and created a, a, a few or two. Um, but within a few months, he called me directly, uh, which which was very intimidating, uh, and he asked me to go to lunch with him at Oak Hills Golf and Country Club, just the two of us. And I thought, well, that didn't take long. <laughs> and, and at that lunch, he asked me if I would come to work with him uh, directly. And, and I'll always remember what he said. He said, I, John, I want, I want and need you to do the things that I don't want to do so I can do the things I want to do. Uh, that it's becoming overwhelming and, and I need somebody to sometimes wear the black hat and, and, and be the bad guy. Um, and I don't know that I was ever a bad guy, but I mean, you know, how could you say no to that offer? And, and gave me, uh, as I've said time and again on stage at different, different events, you know, gave me a VP title, VP of Corporate Development. Made no sense to what I was doing. Uh, the, the, the title, I will tell you, it was a glorified title just to say I was Harlan's assistant. But, but I did do things that, that he didn't want to do so he could remain free to go uh, to recruiting events, to travel, to be on that plane and go to all points of North America and be in front of our associates and, and, and more importantly to him, their prospects, their guests in, in, in the room because he wanted to go recruit. Um, and, and so I played all sorts of roles for him over the final, from 99 to 2011 when we sold to Mid-Ocean. Uh, uh, operations, uh, politics, sales force, I mean, t t jack of all trade, master of none, probably fair to say, uh, but you know, whatever I did in a previous life for the chance to do that, I, you know, I don't know, because it, it, it was, a, it was a, a privilege and it was an honor uh, and I'll, I'll always, always cherish that. You know, away from work, if he was ever away from work, um, Mr. Stonecipher was a political animal. He, he always said politics is not a spectator sport. You, you, you know, win or lose, you get in there and you get involved. Uh, so he's very involved in politics. And I always and, liked it when he said, you know, we're, we're not Democratic or Republican. I mean, this is the prepaid legal yeah, party. Put a P, put a P by our, our uh, affiliation. If, and if they're good for prepaid, they're good for us. And, and he supported Democrats, Republicans, independents, uh, presidents to, to county assessors. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he supported them all. And he, he, was, a, he was an animal in, you know, on, on the political front. And at one time toyed with the idea of running for governor of Oklahoma. And I think Frank Keating came hat in hand and asked him not to do that because it was he didn't he didn't need that uh, uh, that fight. So, uh, but but that was a that was a fun time. But Mr. Stonecipher's hobby, and I'm always careful to not call them dogs. He had hounds. He he had at his home in Central Oklahoma. He had climate controlled kennels that would literally hold more than a hundred hounds. And, and these hounds are, are the Oklahoma equivalent to, 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 to fox hunting. They would, they, would, they would chase coyotes. I mean, there, there's actually a sport, uh, a coyote hunting, and it's very, what I would say is very equivalent to, uh, to, to fox hunting, but it was serious stuff for Mr. Stonesarver. He traveled uh, all, over, all over this country to attend those, those hunts, and he had a lot. Well, I was just telling Shirley and Alan last week, uh, had a chance to go to Central Home and visit with him. I said, I remember the last time I was here, I was told not to drive beyond this point because now you were getting around the hounds and we couldn't risk one of them getting hurt. So they were, they were precious, 
in, investments for, for Mr. Stonecipher. But that's what he, you know, that's what he did in his spare time. I, w- one other quick story. Hey, just, say, just real quick, that's interesting topic there because I I went out and helped judge a hunt. Yeah, time. I mean, I, I mean, and these dogs were equipped with so much electronics and GPSs. <laughs> I mean, they weren't going to get get lost. Yeah, you but couldn't I mean, get lost. I was amazed at the, the collars t- and the electronics and. It was crazy. I, I was always, you know, that's what he did for fun. And he, he was never a, like, I'm a sports guy. I'm a football, college football, pro foot, you know. I'm, uh, he was never that guy. But, uh, I, and I told this story and given a eulogy at his funeral. Uh, I said, the last call I got from Mr. Stonecipher was on a Saturday morning in early October. And I was on a walk out here. You know, there's a two and a two point eight mile loop out here. I was out on a Saturday morning walk trying to be healthy, and he calls me, and I'm going, "Oh gosh, this can't be good." Uh, and, and he started that phone call. I said, "John, I've got a, a very serious question," and I'm, I mean, I, I don't know what's coming here. And, and then he said, I, "I need to know what time and what channel the OU Texas game is on," <laughs> and and that was that was so funny. Uh, because that was so unlike him. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if he knew there was an OU Texas game, but that was that was the last call I got from him. Hmm. And so most of us, you know, Christy has worked here as well as her, her dad works here, so she's generational. Matt and his wife, Tiffany, have worked here, and me and my wife, Ashley, have worked here. Uh, it's, we're a family company. We've been built that way. Mr. Stonecipher had uh, Brent that worked here, and I don't know that if Alan did or not, but Miss Stonecipher and Mr. Stonecipher are always here. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about the family aspect of prepaid legal into Legal Shield, uh, and that's how he led was with his family. You had a post on Facebook today talking about his aspect of a servant leader and, and obviously a, a moment in his life that changed how he operated uh, and did things, but I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that family atmosphere and how he felt about spending time with family. Well, I mean, obviously he cultivated a family atmosphere at, at the home office. It was never really corporate office. It was the home office. And I remember Christy, you know, seeing her uh, with her, her, her dad, Joe, and, you know, working out in the wellness center when you were, you couldn't have been in high school yet. So yeah. I know you've grown up here. You talked about you and Ashley. I know, I mean, Tiffany, there's still probably people calling here that want to talk to Tiffany. Because I'm the, still known to a lot of people as Tiffany's husband. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, this is a great place to work. Um, and, and I'll venture to say probably unlike any place I've, I, not, not, I mean, hey, I don't have a, a deep resume, but, um, uh, you know, it's not like East Central was, and I don't think it'll be like where I'm going is going to be. This, this is a different place. There, there is there's a family feel about it, but there's a real urgency to it, too, that I think is, is very rewarding and very needed. It keeps your batteries charged. It keeps you, keeps you crisper. keeps you... Um, Innovative, uh, but Mr. Stonecipher and Mrs. Stonecipher. I mean, one of the things I really respected about him, uh, especially towards you know the later years after you know from 2005 on, is is he talked about it was it was them. It was Harlan and Shirley. There were days he wanted to quit, but she wouldn't let him quit. Uh, there were decisions that he he needed to make, but he s- sought her counsel. Um, and, and so that was, that was just, I mean, obviously very, very important to him. One of the things he shared with me on one of the plane flights that, you know, I detected some remorse on, on his part is Alan Stonecipher, who was very successful in his own right, sold an ice company years ago for 
uh, a lot of money. I won't say because I don't know exactly, but very successful. Alan Stonecipher was a really good baseball player uh, back in high school for the Tupelo High School Tigers. I mean, a, a powerhouse uh, in, in high school baseball. And Mr. Stonecipher shared with me that he only got to see Alan play once uh, because it was in the early days. It was in the late you know, 70s, early 80s when he was out on the road trying to uh, trying to find investors, trying to keep this company alive, trying to keep, trying to meet payroll, and and so he regretted that that he didn't get to see Alan play more baseball, but he knew he was good and he bragged on him, uh, and shared that story. Well, Alan and I talked a little bit about that uh, last week. So, um, you know, he he wouldn't have done it differently because he did what he had to do, um, but at the same time, I think he he wishes you know, obviously that he could have he could have seen more, and that. That took on, you know, after the plane crash, after the loss of, of, of Brent and, and Nikki and, and Tina, uh, obviously that, I mean, I hope none of us ever have to experience anything like that and, and how that would change your perception and change, you know, you know maybe um, things that you, you, you would do differently. But I, I do think he did what he had to do, and, and he was comfortable with that. Right. I think I've asked all the questions. Matt or Christy, do you have... Any that you'd like to ask? I can say is that I could sit here and listen to you tell stories for hours. I so enjoy it. I don't think there's ever been a time that I've heard John Long speak that I haven't enjoyed listening to what you have to say. Well, so thank you. That makes me feel really good. Uh, I, I uh, you know, I've, I've, I've worked here for 20 years. And, and the thing about Harlan and Mr. Stonecipher, I'm still not comfortable calling him Harlan, but he prepared more than anybody, any of us will ever see. I mean, more than the President of the United States, I'm sure, especially today, uh, as far as what he was going to say. Uh, but he would, he would handwrite his speeches, and he would put them in a, in a binder with the, uh, with the protective cover. And, and then he just knew, I mean, he was so prepared and such a good orator. And then I've had a chance to be around so many other people. I mean, like Mike Turpin, I, I get I, people tell me I, I try to, maybe I do. I love listening to Mike Turpin, John Addison. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, just think of the people we've heard in the last couple of years uh, at, at our events in, in Maxwell and Canfield. And my, my wife's doing Mindset Reset with Mel Robbins uh, and, and getting trying to get me to do it. Uh, but thank you. That means a lot for me to hear you say that. I'm not as good as any of those people, but they've given me a lot of uh, good stuff to, to share, and, and, and not even I can mess it up. <laughs> Man, anything you want yeah, to kind of a kind of a forward-looking or forward-thinking question. So as, as the company ages, I mean, getting closer to 50 years 50. now as we go, and so the you know, with a with a with a founder gone, a lot of the Wilburn Smiths not here anymore. Dave Savula's not here anymore. Ken Moore's not here anymore. You've talked about Mr. Stonesoffer. You know, Rick Haney's not 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 here anymore. How, in your opinion, how does or how would or how should a company move forward? You know, become more successful, grow bigger, meet meet all these new goals while also staying grounded in really the reason the company was even created right so yeah this is what we've done for 40 years with the founder in in place you know it worked he he embodied the vision and mission how do we go forward yeah. with that with you know some of those people you know not in the picture it's a great question and, and one that's hard to answer and i probably won't nail it uh but but listen what we're what we're going through with with the departure of rick haney mm -hmm. And you know, and then the you know the passing of, of all the greats, of all the people in the founders gallery. Um, it's supposed to happen. 
right? This company is not a fly-by-night. It's, it's, it's going to be here for another 50 years. So there's going to be, listen, there's going to be the, the younger generation that, that's here now will, will one day be in the Founders Gallery, and, and we'll continue on and on. Because, I, you know, I, here's what I think I think is our society's society's not getting less you know litigation prone mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a challenge that that is is only going to if you if you want to call it a problem it's only going to worsen um, uh, in in the coming months in the coming years in the coming decades you know i think mr stone cipher's idea was innovative it was different it was it was bucking the traditional practice of law that you know he talked about Equal access under law is a great idea, but it just wasn't true because you can only get as much as you could afford. Well, he changed that with, with the way uh, prepaid legal services, now Legal Shield, provide services. It's affordable. Everybody can do it. Now, I think the challenge, and, and I'll just look to you, you three young guns here, the challenge is going to be to how to continue to push the envelope, how to, how to I, I think, lobby the state bars into being more progressive and less archaic in, in what you know what is the allowed in the in the practice of law there's some states that still you can't email because it's not I don't you know I don't know ask them why you get but, but we're going to have to continue you're going to have to continue to push the envelope on innovation and, and and allow legal counsel and advice and services to be delivered to the public in the way they want to consume it and, and I want to consume it a different way than a 25-year-old wants to consume it. In 25 years, that 25-year-old is going to be my age, and there's going to be somebody 25 at that time that wants it in an entirely different way. I, you know, maybe it's a hologram. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be different, and somebody's going to have to, to keep this company crisp and on the front edge of being innovative. And don't let anybody out there surpass us. Don't be reckless. Um, but but always find a way to get the services. I mean, Mr. Stonecipher, again, he always talked about always give more in, in services than you're taking in in, in membership fees. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's, your, that's the North Star. I mean, just always make it a good deal for the, for the purchasing public. Give it to them the way they want to receive it. And, and we don't get to dictate that. They'll tell us. And I think that's... I think that may be no, one think, answer to your question. No, I absolutely think it is. I think you you hit on it perfectly. It's um, consumption of legal services, right? So, you know, we're really just a connector between the, the person needing the service and the folks that are have the ability to, to provide it. So really how we stay on the cutting edge is, you know, always providing it in the ways that the most people want to consume it. You know, we've, we've got to go to them, right? We can't make them come to us. We've got to, we've got to, provide the services in the, in the way that they consume their media and whether it's on your phone or whether it's text or email or video to me those are the type of things that you know help us stay on the cutting edge right and so to wrap up unfortunately uh john long will no longer be parking his truck at one prepaid way at the end of this week he's moving on to uh, new pastures, uh, we'll say greener, because there's opportunity out there uh, where he'll be going. So I don't know if you want to share just a little bit about what from prepaid legal, your prepaid legal days and the days with Mr. Schoenzeifer that you're going to take in your new role as president and CEO of McCall's Chapel, which is a, 
a great cause here in Ada. It's a national company. They've been around 65 years, but just kind of, we say that personal development's at our core and everything you've shared is Mr. Zonecipher has written a legacy in your life as a leader. Uh, and I know the three of us have appreciated the time we've got to spend underneath you and the time we've got to spend with you. So what, what kind of things are you going to, to be able to take with you uh, that came from one prepaid way that you'll be able to, to share? Well, one thing I, I feel I'm very excited, uh, genuinely excited, nervous, apprehensive, anxious, all of those, all of those unsettling words right now with, with where I'm going and what I'll be doing with, with, with my calls. But, but I feel very good that what I've picked up here is, is, is sort of a, uh, whether it's servitude or whether you want to talk about servant leadership. I mean, if I can do something, if I can take something from a prepaid legal shield that I've learned through 20 years, and, and just try to improve other people's lives in what I do next, uh, then that'll be, that'll be important. That'll be good. Uh, and, then, you know, that's what I want to do. I mean, the, the McCall's Chapel, the, the, this population, 250, uh, developmentally disabled. They need an advocate. They need somebody doing good for them. Uh, I, can, I can help. I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm going to take away some of even more recent lessons, the CPS, mm -hmm. um, you know, the collaborative problem solving. You know, one plus one does not necessarily always equal two. Sometimes it can be three because when you get together and you solve a problem together, you, you come up with a better answer than just if John Long came up with, with it. Uh, so, I'll do, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of learned leadership here that I'll be able to take to that organization, but, it, but at the you know, at its most basic, it's just if I can if I can improve people's lives, then I'm gonna feel really good about that and be happy and sleep well. Uh, and and so I'm look I'm looking forward to that challenge. It, and it really goes back to like another phrase Mr. Stone Soccer used to say, you know, making a living while making Make, a difference. Making a living, it making a like difference. You're that, yeah, absolutely. Do well you. by doing good. Making a living, make a difference. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know. I'll just, you know, I'll, I, you, you guys can tell me when we're finished, but I'll tell you, 20 years ago, uh, Angela and I were in a far different place than we are today, and so this is a chance to leave here. Well, I'm not leaving here. I mean, again, I'm, I'm a driver eight iron from the home office still, uh, so I'm going to see the faces. I'm going to, you know, it's part of the family feel, Quentin, that you, you talked about earlier. Still see you guys at ball games. Still see you at, uh, on, on Main Street and, and still stay in contact with everybody. But I'll be sure to keep mowing my yard at T-Dog. Yeah, Matt, you know, if I play golf four times a year, he's going to mow his yard four times a year. Uh, but, but, you know, again, just, just the servitude side of things that you uh, we're put here, and I don't want to get too deep and into the weeds, but we're put here to make each other better. And I've got a real, for whatever reason, again, I don't, I don't know, what, it can't, I had to prepare a resume. I hadn't had a resume in 20 years, uh, but it came in front of me, and, and the door was opened, and, and it just felt like, felt like somebody was saying, you better walk on through. This has been open for a reason, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Thanks for asking. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Um, again, John Long, uh, co-president of... For two more days. For, 
Network Division for Legal Shield <laughs> moving on to, to assume a role of president and CEO. Uh, so taking a step further in uh, in his career. So we just want to thank you again. Juan, the three of us want to thank you for your leadership that we got to serve under the lessons we were uh, taught. And so we just want to kind of close this week by saying thank you, and we'll see you next week. A podcast. Who would have known? Back in the day. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Thank you, John.